Brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. It's a beautiful morning. A very happy Monday morning to you, March 20th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this very first day of spring. Wow. How about that? Well, welcome springtime. I've been waiting for you, my friend. Where have you been? Where have you been? Where are you? I cannot see you. Hello. Your camera. Oh, here we go. How about that? Oh, now that is wonderful. David, I didn't see you all week long last week. You were living it up in beautiful, sunny California. Yes, most of the time. And now back to the rain with you. Back at the, There was a little rain down in SoCal. Was there? As well. Oh, I think it was Wednesday of last week. It was a downpour. They've gotten so much rain down there. It's been like, what did I hear on the news? I was watching their local news. The 5th. Sixth or fifth wettest since their records have been kept. Isn't down that in amazing? The Los Angeles area. Yeah. I just read in, in Gathering News this morning uh, for Seattle, they wrote an article that said Los Angeles and San Diego both have had more rainfall this year than Seattle. Yeah. Isn't that, that amazing? That is Unbelievable! I don't. I've never heard that, and I'm Southern California girl. Yeah. Now I will. I will say that there were beautiful days as well. Like I think Saturday was sunny, 75. So yeah, I mean it was okay. a mixed bag, but it was it was a great time. Enjoyed it. Saw my daughter down there, my wife and I, and so wonderful. Nice to be back. So did you have a good week? We had a great week, and big thank you to Patrick. He was here every morning. He he commented though on that Monday. Uh, that you that first day that you were gone that you picked a good week of course because we sprung ahead that weekend oh, before that's right. so when he showed up it was like having to get up at four, <laughs> at three thirty yes. in the morning yeah and because it, it was four thirty since we sprung ahead yeah. so you on the other hand well you just eased right I into just this eased time right into that daylight savings <laughs> time but here we are this first day of spring that would be the vernal equinox. If you're okay. uh, keeping track at home, the I will. vernal equinox. You know what that means? Uh, it it's a, hasn't that have to do with the uh, equity of daylight versus yeah, right. nighttime? Exactly. The sun sits directly over the equator as it moves now toward the northern hemisphere, okay. meaning we will start to see more light. Okay. Versus the winter when it's more down in the southern hemisphere. So as we are heading into springtime, the southern hemisphere is heading into fall. Okay, because the earth is That's right. making that funny little tip back. But it's nice to see spring, although I don't know if this week is going to be <laughs> too spring-like. Saturday felt like it was a spring day in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it what was, was beautiful. What was Saturday like? Saturday here? was, I think it was about 63, 64 degrees. I oh, mean, people yeah. were outside. I saw people wearing shorts because, you know, <laughs> yes. it doesn't take much for us to like, like ooh, it's so warm. I got to get nice. my shorts on. Uh, beautiful day. 
Yeah. Really beautiful day. Nice. Actually, leading all up to it. Thursday was nice, and Friday said, well, I'm not going to be outdone. So Friday was even a little nicer, and Saturday said, oh, hold on to my lemonade. Yeah. Let me show you what I can do. It was a great week. And of course, and then yesterday we know that, well, the rain's back in the forecast. So this is the nice time of year in the fact that, you know, we will hit those couple of days yep. now. Start to get more and more of those, hopefully, where, you know, all of a sudden it does pop into the mid-60s and you have a nice day or two. And so we'll hope for that. So springtime today actually arrives 224 this afternoon. Okay. So So we're still officially winter. I, I guess we're still as of this moment. As of this moment, I guess. But spring no. will be here today. But we're I, we're counting it as spring. I think it just when it's the first day of spring, it takes up the whole day. Yeah. I know this whole t- this is when it arrives at this time. No. It arrives today. It's today. So we're gonna take it for sure. By golly, it is spring. So with that said, what do you have coming up? Well, David, I'm so excited to find out there is a new shopping mall opening just in time for the Jubilee in the Vatican. Oh, wow. But it's no ordinary stores that you're going to find there. All right. That sounds interesting. And this today is also St. Joseph's Day, right? Oh, happy feast day, St. Joseph. Yeah. I got a lot to talk about him, too. We'll talk about that. So a great show ahead. We're going to start things off with Lenten music now with Sarah Kroger and Run to the Cross. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
And it is 7-Eleven at Mater Day Radio on this fourth week of Lent, right? Fourth week of Lent. It is. That's Sarah Kroger with Run to the Cross. Joining us next, our good friend, Monsignor O'Connor, going to talk about the feast day of St. Joseph, which is... Today. Today. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. Prayer is one of the three pillars of Lent, and Mater Dei Radio is ready to offer up your special intentions during this holy season. Our committed team of prayer warriors wants to hear from you by clicking Pray on the Hail Mary Media app or materdayradio.com. Call them directly with your request at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. You can keep praying with Mater Dei Radio during Lent through our daily broadcast of the celebration of Holy Mass, the Mysteries of the Rosary, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Plus, their stirring Lenten reflections, special features on the morning blend, and the Stations of the Cross of Our Lord's Passion at 7 o'clock on Friday nights. Pray your way through Lent into Easter with the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 714 at Day Radio. Well, what would you expect for weather on the very first day of spring in the Willamette Valley? You know what you would expect. Showers. That's right. And that's what we're going to get today. Starting out 40% growing to 80% throughout the day today. A high of 46 degrees. Then about a 60% of rain overnight tonight. Low of 38. Tomorrow, though, mostly sunny. All right. I'll take it. High of 61. So that looks like the nicest day of the week tomorrow. I think so. The rain's coming back. Well, currently it is 48 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it's 48 degrees at St. Agatha Church in Portland. He's the director of the Office of Divine Worship, so he knows a thing or two about the faith. It's Monsignor Gerard O'Connor. Well, as we're moving through these weeks of Lent a good time to talk the liturgical life with Monsignor Gerard O'Connor. Monsignor O'Connor is the director of the Office of Divine Worship for the Archdiocese of Portland, and he's also the rector at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. Monsignor O'Connor is with me today to talk about some of the important things to remember this Lenten season. Good morning, Monsignor. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Good morning, Brenda. Well, first, let's uh, let's talk about St. Joseph, his feast day we are celebrating today, but it is March 20th. And if you look at the traditional calendars, it would say that the feast of St. Joseph falls on 
March 19th. Well, that was yesterday, Sunday. Why was that feast day moved to the Monday? It is all to do with the general calendar of the Roman Missal. Um, And if you look in your Roman Missal, if you've got one, and you see the calendar section, it talks about precedence of feasts and solemnities. And so the Sundays in Lent take precedence over most things except solemnities of the Lord or the Blessed Virgin Mary. So uh, because St. Joseph uh, is a solemnity but not of the Lord, as one of Jesus' feasts or the Blessed Virgin, it's the Sunday in Lent has precedence over it. So that's how we celebrate. That's how we work out what to celebrate. So, But because it's a solemnity and important feast in the life of the church, uh, it's moved to the Monday. So it just couldn't be on the same day as a Sunday oh. in Lent because they take precedence, yeah. Okay. And then as we celebrate St. Joseph today, are there important ways or special ways that we can honor the foster father of Jesus uh, through prayer or can maybe just special ways to honor him? Yeah, I mean, we certainly we've uh, there are lots of prayers to St. Joseph out there. We had a prayer card uh, that we issued in the year of St. Joseph from the Archdiocese. They may be still hanging around in your parish, but uh, um, it's easy to find some prayers to St. Joseph. But, um, you know, just simple things, you know, by saying, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. These these sort of, uh, you know, little pious prayers and honoring St. Joseph as you know, part of the of the the three of the holy family, um, but certainly going to mass today on the solemnity that would be very pleasing to Saint Joseph and very um, efficacious, I think, on that on that day, on this day. Monsignor Gerard O'Connor is joining us today. We are talking the liturgical life on this feast day of Saint Joseph. Well, as we move through this week, boy, right away again, we have another really beautiful feast day. This one of Our Lady, March twenty fifth. It is the Annunciation. It's not a holy day of obligation, that, but one that carries with it some very special meaning. Remind our listeners about this very special feast day. Um, yes, this feast day, the 25th of March, is the uh, Annunciation. Um, you know, it's 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 when the, uh, the angel appears to the Blessed Virgin Mary and uh, informs her that she'll bear the, uh, the Son of God. So it's a very important feast for us in the... Uh, in the church and it's funny we were talking about the solemnity of saint joseph this solemnity has to be celebrated on the 25th although it's not a holy day of obligation so it leaves to be discussed what the priest does on the vigil of the sunday so the vigil of the sunday we don't have to have vigils at all so all day saturday we can celebrate the annunciation and a morning mass on even the evening mass that would count for your sunday obligation and you could then sort of uh, celebrate the Sunday masses, which would be the um, the uh, the fifth Sunday of, the, of of Lent, I believe. So that mass in the evening can either be the vigil mass of the fifth Sunday of Lent, or it can be the solemnity of the Annunciation. So the priest has a choice there. I suspect most priests will go with the Lenten if they have a morning mass. They'll go with the Lenten vigil because then the homily would be the same for the whole thing. Of course, if you had your calendar out while you were looking at this feast day of the Annunciation on March 25th, it would also indicate because that it was the uh, visit of the angel to Mary uh, that she would carry the Christ child. It's exactly nine months until Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I uh, better get my list gathered up, Monsignor, because 
Well, we got to get ready for that celebration too sometime. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we're, we're oh. only, only, what is it, uh, nine times 30 days to Christmas, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> well, there's many feast days. And of course, it's the highest feast day of our liturgical calendar. We are moving into Holy Week. And one of the very beautiful things that typically happens on Holy Thursday, it's the Chrism Mass. But in the Archdiocese of Portland, that's going to be happening on the Monday of. Kind of explain to our listeners what's important about the Chrism Mass and why it's been moved during that week. Yeah, it's on uh, Holy Thursday, the Triduum starts with the Mass of the Lord's Supper, but the only other Mass allowed on Monday, Thursday, or Holy Thursday is the Chrism Mass. So in the Roman Missal, if you look, when is the Chrism Mass? It's done on the Thursday, and that traditionally was it. But it can be moved to another day of that week, or even the week before. Um and that's because, you know, the Triduum is about to start. It's the busiest time of the year for priests. And it would be nigh impossible to get all the priests to come to Portland on Holy Thursday and, you know, have a meal before Mass and then Mass with the Archbishop. Because traditionally it's the day when the priests come together and they have a meal with the Archbishop and then celebrate the Chrisma. So um, we've moved ours. We traditionally move ours to the Monday evening. So of Holy Week is the Chrism Mass is at seven o'clock, but the priests arrive at about five o'clock and uh, uh, the Knights of Columbus here at the cathedral provide a, a beautiful meal for all the priests of the Archdiocese, about 120, 130 priests will be here. Then they'll celebrate the Chrism Mass at seven o'clock with the Archbishop. And during that Mass, it's called the Chrism Mass because the Chrism, the sacred Chrism is consecrated and the oils are blessed at that Mass and the priests go home with their oils for the new year. These are the oils that are used in the sacraments sacred chrism, holy oil, and uh, the oil of the sick as well. Monsignor O'Connor, is the community invited to attend that, or is that a special Mass that the Archbishop celebrates with just his priests? Um, yes, uh, absolutely. Anybody could come to the Chrism Mass if you like. So, uh, yeah, feel free. It's a beautiful thing. You've not been to a Chrism Mass before. It's, it's, sort of, it's, a, it's a very beautiful Mass indeed. Oh, for sure. Well, Monsignor O'Connor is the rector at St. Mary's Cathedral, and he's inviting the community to join him and the Archbishop and all of the priests on that beautiful Chrism Mass that's happening on the Monday of Holy Week. It's a great way, Monsignor O'Connor, to really step into and have a very blessed Holy Week. That's on Monday is Chrism Mass. On Wednesday, you many have an opportunity to celebrate Tenebrae, and then we'll move into that Holy Triduum. Kind of explain to our listeners about kind of the steps in which we celebrate the Passion of the Lord and then His Resurrection on Easter Sunday. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we start what we call the Triduum, which basically means the three, the group of three, the three highest holidays of the year for us as Catholics. Um, So it starts with the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Thursday, as Holy Thursday we call it. Monday Thursday they call it in England and Canada um and that is uh that reminds us about uh, the institution of most holy eucharist and the institution of the priesthood as well so that's we celebrate that on that day and then friday is the you know that quiet sad day where there are no masses anywhere in the world allowed to be celebrated and we reserve holy communion from the uh, mass of the lord's supper to be distributed at the passion services which take place on that day and this is the beautiful day where there's lots massive uh, symbolic actions that take place. You know, everybody comes forward and kisses the feet of the corpus on the on the cross, and we're singing 
you know, some uh, of, of the sad lamentations. And, you know, so it's a it's a very beautiful day. The Passion Service often takes place at three o'clock, sometimes uh, in the evening as well. And most parishes also uh, celebrate the Stations of the Cross on Good Friday at some point of the day as well. And then on Saturday, you know, the sacraments, other sacraments are not celebrated that day unless of real necessity. Um, we just have the vigil, uh, sorry, the Easter vigil, which takes place at 8.30 or beyond here in the Archdiocese of Portland. And that's the beautiful mass of all sorts of things happen, blessing of the water, etc., and uh, the lighting of the Easter candle. But also this is the mass where the catechumens and the candidates enter into the church as well. So it's it's a very beautiful experience as the Easter vigil. Again, if you've not been to an Easter vigil, go, you, you, you'll be amazed by how beautiful it is. And that, of course, will lead us into the beautiful Masses on Easter Sunday. Many churches will be filled to the brim, and as it should be on a beautiful day. Monsignor O'Connor, well, let's talk again real soon, and uh, we thank you for your time today. Before we go, will you end us in a prayer and your blessing? Yes, in the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit to be on your faithful servants, that they may come to experience the Easter joy which we will celebrate in a few days. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you all and remain with you. Amen. Amen. Monsignor O'Connor, wonderful to be with you once again. Thank you again so much for your time. God bless you. Thank you, Brenda. And it is 725 in Matra Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on this very first day of spring. Speaking of which, guess what's coming up? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, our spring share April 17th through the 21st. This theme for the share Seek the Truth. Beautiful theme. Again, that's April 17th through the 21st. You can find out more right on our website, matradayradio.com, or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Mater Dei Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Dei Radio. Morning may have broken, but don't fret. David and Brenda can fix it. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 
727 at Mater Day Radio. La Nina El Nino, which is it on this first day of spring? That's in the news. And it's time to go shopping at a new mall at the Vatican. I'll tell you about it coming up in news. Here is Chris Bray and in the name. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Gather in your name We've come your Lord to pray Feed oh, us, feed us God, we know you seek us Conform us to your way Won't you set us on Chris Bray and In the Name. 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, the Vatican has opened its very own shopping mall on March 16th, located immediately adjacent to St. Peter's Square. Now, the idea behind the 120,000 square foot 
Caput Mundi Mall, that means capital of the world, is to appeal not only to the 4 million visitors who move through the Vatican every year, but also the 35 million tourists and pilgrims expected for the Jubilee year in 2025. Now, the mall is located in a space adjacent with the last great Jubilee. Now, it occupies the fifth and top floor of a massive parking garage on Rome's Janiculum Hill, built for the Jubilee year of 2020. It has been in the works since then. Now, the space was previously uh, devoted to a coffee bar and cafeteria for the busloads of tourists and pilgrims who arrive at the parking structure. Though it may seem ironic that the Vatican should be launching its own shopping mall under a pope whose stern critics of the excesses of capitalism, there are some very distinctive Pope Francis touches, including the emphasis on sustainability and solidarity. Now, among the 40 stores on the markets are the in there, there's a market of bamboo products made with recycled plastic from the world's oceans. Another store sells products made from regenerated scrap leather. The mall also is designed with children in mind, featuring an ample play space, small robot puppies to welcome children, and also various services linking the mall with a nearby papally sponsored Bambino Yezu Pediatric Hospital. Is there a Build-A-Bear? Uh, didn't say there, but... Uh, Cinnabon? Cinnabon. Oh, it's in one of those center aisles. It is. When you think of malls, what what come, doesn't that come to mind? Uh, like, that yeah. and the, the tennis shoes. Come here, let me clean your tennis shoes for oh. you. They try to sell those shoe cleaning products, there you, too. There you go. But yeah, I think that would be great if it's a... a sust- I mean, you think yeah. about it. A mall full of sustainability types of uh, products. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah, no doubt. Well, after three consecutive years of an unusual stubborn weather pattern, La Nina has officially ended and El Nino is on the way, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in its latest report. That could mean a less active Atlantic hurricane season, a more active season in the Pacific, and another spike in global temperatures, forecasters say. Now, El Nino is associated with the band of warm ocean water that forms in the central and eastern Pacific Ocean, which has consequences for weather patterns around the globe. NOAA's Climate Prediction Center said neutral conditions are in place now and are expected to last through early summer in the northern hemisphere for the first time since the initial La Nina advisory was issued in September, all the way back in 2020. The Prediction Center also wrote its forecast now favors El Nino forming during summer 2023 and persisting through the fall. So what does that exactly mean then for us? It's milder yeah, or warmer it, yeah. or more rain? I think El Nino is associated with a little more milder conditions in the northern hemisphere where okay. La Nina, a little more active weather, a little yeah. colder. Yeah, you saw your uh, fair share of snow in the mountains on your drive down, didn't Amazing. you? Amazing. Going through that Shasta area, yeah. incredible amount of snow. Wow. Well, Kroger is about to add another layer of automation to its customers' online grocery orders filled by robots at its new $55 million fulfillment center in southern Dallas. Now, California-based Gaddick is pitching its autonomous vehicle deliveries as a way for retailers to cut costs and save time in their constant effort to be in stock by using frequent deliveries from small self-driving trucks instead of big semi-trailers. 
Now, for Kroger, Gaddick will increase same-day pickup slots, delivery frequency, and allow for longer cutoff times for when customers can place online grocery orders. Now, completed online grocery orders will be transported to Kroger stores for customers to pick up or have delivered. So it's not like it's delivering out into the streets, but it's going from the fulfillment center to the individual stores. Right. And then the people come and pick them up there. Auto, fully automated yeah. on the trucks. That's incredible. What's What's fun when I go down to uh, football games in Corvallis at Oregon State, you'll just be standing there and all of a sudden a little mechanical cart will just go by you. Just oh, del- really? delivering food to wherever it's off to, pizzas or whatever. It's just amazing. It de- like, really? Yeah. Like little robots. Just little Food robots. Delivery robots. Heading right down the street or on the sidewalk. Oop, got to get out of the get way. Get out of the way. There Here's a comes. robot with food. That's it. Well, if you are the owner of a Yeti cooler, a heads up, U.S. product regulator said the Yeti has recalled 1.9 million coolers and gear cases because magnets can come detached from them, posing a risk of serious injury or death. The Consumer Product Safety Commission said consumers should immediately stop using the four recalled products and contact Yeti for refund information. Closures on the recalled products can fail, resulting in detached magnets. The products being recalled are the Yeti Hopper M30 Soft Cooler, the Yeti Hopper M20 Soft Pack Cooler, and the Yeti Sidekick Dry Gear Case. Consumers should call Yeti toll-free or uh, get exact specifications by going to Yeti's website. Well, the city of Portland is removing hundreds of light poles from Portland Parks as part of its light pole safety project. Now, Portland Parks and Rec said the re- recently the city inspected a thousand light poles, some of them more than 100 years old, and found that 243 of them across 12 parks were structurally unsound and needed to be removed. Nearly all of the impacted parks on the list are in southeast Portland. At Mount Tabor Park, 81 of the 216 light poles are slated to be removed. In Irving Park, 73 of the 78 light poles are in the process of being removed. And in Selwood Park, 17 of the 23 light poles have already been removed. The city estimates the project will cost $15 million to complete, but right now... We only have $5 million slated to cover the project. So while all of the lights are coming out now, it's unclear when funding will be available to replace them. Hmm. All right. Um. In sports, shocker last night in the Women's NCAA Basketball Championships, Mississippi upset top-seeded Stanford 54-49 to to reach the Sweet 16 only four number one seeds had lost before the Sweet 16 since 1994, with Duke being the last one in 2009. Cardinal had reached 14 straight Sweet 16s and hadn't lost in the first or second round since 2007. In the men's tournament, third seed Gonzaga held on and beat six seed TCU 84-81 in a close one. Bulldogs now advance to the Sweet 16 and will face UCLA on Thursday. Oregon men's basketball team beat UCF yesterday 68-54 in the NIT. will host Wisconsin on Tuesday evening in the quarterfinals. And in the WNIT, Oregon hosts Rice this evening. There you go. Little, there we uh, go. Little right. March Madness for you. We're going to talk more March Madness in today's second cup too, David. Okay. Very good. 
Well, today, of course, we honor and celebrate the wonderful St. Joseph. Now, Pope Francis reflected on St. Joseph as a man of prayer and deep spiritual life, the general audience last year. And this led him to consider the struggles of parents who face problems with their children. Pope Francis said children with many illnesses, children who are sick, even with permanent maladies. How much pain there is. Parents who see their children not progressing in school and don't know how. There's so many parental problems. Well, he says to look to St. Joseph, parents, in order to help you through these situations. And he highlighted each of St. Joseph's dreams. I thought we'd talk about these today. So today we'll cover dream number one. He says, for situations without a solution. Now, in the first of Joseph's dream, God resolves the problem of Mary's pregnancy, telling Joseph to take her as his wife. And the Pope reflected that these situations that seem to have no solution are opportunities for prayer. And he says, life often puts us in situations that we do not understand and that seem to have no solution. Praying in these moments, this means letting the Lord show us the right thing to do. In fact, very often it is prayer that gives us the intuition of the way out. Mm, Very nice. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. David, here's a great event that popped up on our calendar last week. It's happening tonight at four o'clock to nine o'clock. There is a fundraiser for Catholic Charities, Germain's Kitchen and Cafe. It's happening at Hopworks Brewery on Powell Boulevard here in Portland. So meet at Hopworks Brewery and raise money. All you need to do is order food because Hopworks Brewery will donate 15% of all sales from this time period to benefit Jermaine's Kitchen and Cafe. So that's today, 4 to 9 o'clock p.m. uh, at the Powell Boulevard Hopworks, 2944 Southeast Powell Boulevard. That's literally almost right next door to Catholic Charities. There, there you go. Pal. Perfect. Perfect. If you want to find out more details, head over to our community calendar. You're going to find it on materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about the feast day of St. Joseph with Dina Marie and Father Kubicki. It's right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Please join Modern Day Radio and the Archdiocese of Portland Office of Vocations as we unite in prayer with all young men and women to know their vocation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have created me to know, love, and serve you. I know there are many ways in life to fulfill this calling, but of them all there is one way, especially for me, by which I will become a saint. Help me to desire what you desire for me. And I pray that you send the Holy Spirit into my mind, heart, and soul, so that I will have the courage to follow you in all things. Mary, my mother, help me to say yes to God's will as you did. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, help me to love as you love. If it is your will that I am called to serve you as a priest or consecrated person, give me the grace and strength to follow you with joy to the end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 7.43 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, overnight, I sure could hear those heavy downpours yeah, coming in. Yeah, those showers will continue to pass over throughout the day. Amounts going to be much less than what we had last night. Now, daytime highs stay in the upper 40s today, then cooling off to the upper 30s overnight. Tuesday looks to be the dry day of the week. Highs back up to near 60 degrees. That'll be awfully yeah. nice. And looks like rain going to fill the days for the rest of the week. All right. It's 44 degrees at O'Hara Catholic School in Eugene. And it is 45 degrees at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Forest Grove. Good morning. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments and the Voice of the Shepherd with a Saint Moment on Mater Dei Radio. During the penitential season of Lent, the church offers some joyful reprieves within our 40-day observance of Lent, one of the significant solemnity days that falls within Lent is to honor St. Joseph, the husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And to help us learn a little bit more about this saint and this solemnity is Father James Kubicki. Thanks for coming back with us during Lent, Father James. You're very welcome. Glad to be talking about this great saint of our St. Joseph. Absolutely. He's a saint of many things. Uh, And his feast day, I think, is so important. It actually is on the 19th. But since the 19th is on a Sunday, the church is going to transfer it this year to the 20th so we can still keep that solemnity. Tell us a little bit about that. And just this particular title we're recognizing for St. Joseph is actually as his um, relationship to the Blessed Virgin Mary, the husband of Mary. Okay. Well, yes, his feast day is celebrated normally on March 19th, but since that is a Sunday in Lent, uh, his feast is transferred to the next day. So March 20th, a Monday, we'll be celebrating St. Joseph. And that means we put away the violet vestments, we wear white in his honor, and we even sing or pray the Gloria during Mass on uh, the celebration of his feast. Back in the year 1870, he was named the universal patron of the church by uh, Pope Blessed Pius IX. And uh, that's important for us to remember, you know, because St. Joseph was the guardian of the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, because he was her husband. He was the foster father of Jesus. So you could say he was the protector and guide of the Holy Family. Um, now it makes sense that he would be the holy uh, protector and guide of God's family, the church, uh, the body of Christ. And so I think it, it's a, a wonderful thing that uh, Pope Pius IX did in naming him the universal patron of the Catholic Church. Now, since then, uh, John the Twenty-Third, Pope St. John the Twenty-Third in uh, 1960, inserted his name into the Roman canon, what we now know as Eucharistic prayer number one. And Pope Francis, more recently, inserted his name into all 
the Eucharistic prayers. So St. Pope Francis certainly has a great devotion, as have many, many saints throughout history, to St. Joseph, who's often known as as the, the quiet saint or the silent saint, because in the scriptures, in the gospel, we don't have any of his recorded words. Now, we have to imagine that he did talk to Mary and to uh, to Jesus, but we don't have any of those words recorded in the scriptures. And so he's often known as kind of the silent presence in the life of the Holy Family, and uh, he can be a powerful and quiet presence in our lives as well. Right. We're talking about the life of St. Joseph. His feast day this year due to the calendar is Monday, March 20th. I really encourage people to get to mass on Monday. You know, if you're able to get to a daily mass, it's a solemnity. You're going to see things kind of brighten up a little bit and we get to have the Gloria. I mean, it's just a beautiful day to really pray for the church. We've got several St. Joseph churches. I think it's a common name for many parishes to be called St. Joseph. But Father, there's one in Salem, Oregon that has a beautiful mural behind the the altar and it's a mural of the sleeping joseph so you see this Ah. joseph you know sleeping against a tree and we see many images now that have come out of that sleeping joseph when joseph uh had the dream with the angel to tell him you know to take mary to keep going on the mission to to don't stop um give us a sense of this saint joseph what we might discern from his life just seeing his example of following god Right. So he, he was open to uh, God's guidance that came to him through angels. Uh, so when he was sleeping, he had a dream in which an angel appeared and, and told him not to worry, but to take Mary as his wife at a time when he was confused. Uh, how could Mary be pregnant? Uh, they had not had sec- sexual relations. They never did. Uh, how could she be pregnant? And then later, after Jesus was born, he again had an angelic dream in which the angel told him to take Mary and Jesus and flee because King Herod wanted to kill the baby. And so they fled to Africa. They went to Egypt. And so we we see, um, I think, in this, one of our Lenten practices of a prayer, which should make us more attentive to God's direction and guidance in our lives. You know, I think to to wake up every morning and to ask ourselves, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And then to look back on the day at the end of the day with the examen and to ask ourselves, you know, where was God in my day? How was God speaking to me through the events and people of my day, leading and guiding me? St. Joseph, you mentioned the the painting of him asleep, and um, that's when he had those dreams. But it's become a a beautiful devotion, and this is one that uh, Pope Francis has, where he has a figurine of St. Joseph lying down and sleeping. And um, what Pope Francis does when he receives requests or has uh, for prayer and has a particular concern uh, regarding the church, he'll write those on a piece of paper and put them under the sleeping Joseph so that Joseph can take care of those while he, Pope Francis, sleeps. I have a a good friend who gave me one of those Joseph figurines, and I have it on my dresser in my bedroom. And uh, underneath it, I've placed those intentions that that I want to, that I can't pray for consciously while I'm sleeping, but I want St. Joseph to intercede for while I'm asleep. Right. 
What a great thing. And I, I've seen that image so many places. It's so beautiful, you know, that in his dream, in his obedience and his willingness to listen and to follow um, the God's will that, that will we do just that. Father James, as we talk about the saints, you know, so many times we, we maybe have a particular situation that relates to the life of a saint. Maybe explain for us a little bit more about the intercession of the saints or really calling upon the intercession. It's not the saints who do the power. Power, um, but how do we really work with them and work with God's will in, in our needs each day? That's a great question, Dina Marie. And, you know, I, I apply it to the fact that uh, the communion of saints is, is the people living on earth. And we ask one another, please, would you pray for me? We have prayer lines. Our bulletins will have prayer requests uh, in our churches. So we're, we're confident and, and at ease asking one another to pray for our needs. And because a person has died, doesn't mean that they're disconnected now from the body of Christ. But in a sense, they're even more connected because they've gone before us and uh, have hopefully arrived in the kingdom and are close to Jesus. And so what we do is, again, just as we ask one another for prayer help, so we turn to the saints and we ask them to pray for us, to intercede for us, especially uh, for special needs. And the idea is that um, the saint, in turn, intercedes for us with the Lord. So as you said, Dina Marie, so well, it's the Lord's power and his grace that comes to us, but it comes to us through one another here on earth, but also through the saints in heaven. Right. And one of the things uh, St. Joseph is connected with, and I've seen this on a lot of holy cards, is the saint for a happy death. Yes. And I think about, you know, praying for the dead, praying for those who are dying, but maybe give us a sense of why St. Joseph may be connected to this, um, to a happy death. Well, again, I, I think it's one of those things that makes absolute sense. You know, when we have the Gospels um, and Jesus beginning his active life, Joseph is nowhere in the picture. Uh, Mary is there at Cana and at other moments in the gospel as Jesus goes around Galilee and and then Mary is under the cross. But Joseph is nowhere. And so the tradition is that at some point before Jesus began his active life, uh, his ministry, uh, Joseph had died. And so we imagine as he's dying, he is surrounded by Mary and Jesus. And what a beautiful death that would be. And so we ask him to intercede for us that as we approach that moment of our lives, when we surrender our soul and our life into the God's hands, that we would be helped in that surrender by Jesus and uh, Mary and also Joseph. So as Joseph had Jesus and Mary with him at the time of his death, so we pray that through his intercession, Mary and her son, Jesus, the son of God, would be with us at that moment of our surrender as well. A fantastic companion for every day of our lives is St. Joseph. Father James Kubicki with us here as we continue our Lenten journey. Father, thanks for spending a little more time with us today to walk with us and to reflect a little on St. Joseph. Would you help us close in prayer? Most certainly. Heavenly Father, we thank you for calling Joseph, the just, the silent one, to be the foster father of your son and the patron of our church. We ask you through his intercession to bless each of us in our needs, to help us 
to trust as he trusted, to help us to pray and be open to your guidance as he did. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, descend upon all of you, our listeners and family and friends. Amen. Amen. St. Joseph. Pray pray for us. Pray for us. Thanks so much, Father James. Have a blessed Lent. You too. And it is 7.55 here at Mater Day Radio. If you want to spend the day praying and having St. Joseph intercede for your special intention, we'll go no further than the Hail Mary media app. If you go under text prayers, well, there is a whole section of prayers devoted to our beloved St. Joseph. The app is absolutely free, so get it today. It is the Hail Mary media app. You can find more details, too, at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at moderndayradio.com. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. I'll tell you about the discovery of a new asteroid. Will it get close to Earth? That's in the news. And our differences? Well, that's a chance to love. I'll have more for you from Pope Francis Angelus' address coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today, we're talking about St. Cuthbert, who was during his lifetime called the Wonder Worker of Britain. Cuthbert was born in Northumbria in the year 635. His family was wealthy, and he was raised primarily by his foster parents, who brought him up as Christian. Cuthbert was also instructed from a young age in the art of war, but despite the turmoil of that age in history, he would spend very little of his life taking part in battle. When he was 17 years old, he had a miraculous experience. On a night when he was looking after a neighbor's sheep, he saw a bright light in the sky. Within the light, a heavenly congregation descended to earth, then returned the way they came, joined by what looked to him like a blindingly bright soul. The very next morning, news arrived that Bishop Aidan of Lindisfarne had died in the night. Now certain that he had witnessed the ascension of the bishop's soul to heaven, Cuthbert resolved to commit himself to religious life and set off for Melrose, where he hoped to join a monastery. Cuthbert was accepted into the monastery thanks to the prior Boisel, who could tell from the moment that they met the young man that he would become very holy. Boisel became his teacher, and Cuthbert remained with the Melrose monks until he was around 30 years old, eventually ascending to the position of prior. He retained the position when he moved to Lindisfarne, the monastery he is more often associated with. 
Cuthbert, however, didn't feel called to higher positions and decided it would suit him better to live with a life of solitude where he could be closer to God. With the abbot's blessing, he traveled to one of the nearby Farne Islands. However, he had developed a reputation by this point and received visitors, so he traveled even further to a more remote island in the chain. Even in this remote isle, where storms often impeded travel, people still came to visit Cuthbert. Realizing he couldn't avoid him, he built a guest house so the visitors would have a safe place to sleep. Cuthbert was eventually called back to the mainland when he was elected, most certainly against his will, to be the Bishop of Hexham. He refused to leave his hermitage and was visited personally by King Efgrith and Bishop Termwin who did the best to persuade him. Cuthbert begrudgingly agreed to take up the post, provided that he could remain on his island for the six months before he was consecrated. During these six months, Cuthbert reached out to St. Beata, who agreed to an exchange of dioceses, which would allow Cuthbert to oversee the area of Lindisfarne, including the monastery where he had lived previously. Cuthbert was consecrated in the year 685 and began traveling around the diocese preaching, teaching, and performing many miracles of healing, so many that he quickly earned the title of Wonder Worker. Unfortunately, he was only a bishop for a couple of years before his health began a steep decline. Sensing his end, he celebrated one last Christmas with the monks before returning again to his beloved hermitage, where he died. Cuthbert's island was obviously his comfort zone. He probably would have stayed there forever, and a lot of us can relate to that. Of course, with a little prodding, he recognized the service he was called to, and in returning to Lindisfarne, he accomplished great things. We can do a lot within our comfort zones, but there are still moments when we have to push ourselves a little if we want to work our own wonders. St. Cuthbert, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Lenten resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, we should treat the physical and social differences of others as a chance to love, not as an inconvenience, Pope Francis said in his Angelus Address on Sunday. Now, the Pope's weekly message focused on the day's gospel reading, which recounts Jesus' miracle healing of the blind man. Pope Francis pointed out the the reactions of the different characters in the story and invited people to reflect on how they might respond in a similar situation. Now, Pope Francis addressed approximately 25,000 people gathered in St. Peter's Square on March 19th, and he encouraged everyone to read chapter 9 of the Gospel of John. He said, read about this miracle of the healing of the blind man. It's a beautiful way that John recounts it. Now, Pope Francis said the gospel is asking us to imagine ourselves in the same scene so that we might ask what our own reaction would be. He also wished a very happy Father's Day to all of the fathers at the end in countries such as Italy, Portugal, Spain, Bolivia, and Honduras, and several others. Father's Day is celebrated on March 19th, the Catholic Feast of St. Joseph. All right. Well, British and German fighter jets intercepted a Russian aircraft flying close to Estonia airspace late, late last week, according to a statement from the UK's Royal Air Force. It was the second such encounter as NATO carries out joint air policing efforts in the region. The news comes amid renewed public appeals by Ukrainian leaders for Western fighter jets. They say the jets are needed urgently to defend against Russian missiles and drone attacks. Now, the two intercepts involving NATO aircraft this week come after the release of stunning aerial video showing 
a Russian jet buzzing the then apparently hitting a U.S. drone over the back sea. U.S. military officials said the drone was conducting routine operations in international airspace when it was intercepted and hit by a Russian aircraft, resulting in a crash and complete loss of the drone. Did you ever see that video? No. It's, it's pretty wild. Is it really? Yeah. I'm going to have to look that yeah. up now. Well, Portland is famous for its bike-friendly streets, but lately, all the city's cycling culture has been struggling. Bicycle ridership has decreased significantly over the past six years, according to a new report from the Portland Bureau of Transportation. Now, PBOT reports about a 46% decrease in cyclists between 2016 and 2022. Now, the report says the decline is undeniable, although Peabot says it's difficult to determine exactly why fewer people are riding around the city. The COVID-19 pandemic does appear to play a significant role, even if it's not the whole story. Now, census data cited by Peabot shows that as the number of people working from home skyrocketed during the pandemic, other forms of transit for work commutes dropped off, including cycling. Now, some Portlanders said public safety concerns also factor into why fewer people may be riding <clears throat> fewer people may be riding bikes, listing topics such as crime, aggressive drivers, obstruction on bike paths, and homelessness. Yeah, interesting. Well, probably not a very happy Valentine's Day, but this is interesting. NASA has discovered a new asteroid with a very low probability of colliding with the Earth in 23 years. The potential impact on Valentine's Day 2046. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to mar- wait. Mark, mark that down. February 14th, 2046. Okay, got that, it. That's according to NASA's Planetary Defense Coordination Office. But the space rock named 2023 DW is the only object on NASA's risk list that ranks one out of 10 on the Torino Impact Hazard Scale. See, I was learning a whole bunch about this. I I didn't know that all these things existed. This is a metric for categorizing the projected risk of an object colliding with Earth. So that's the Torino Impact Hazard Scale. All other objects rank at zero at this point in time, which means no chance for impact. Now, NASA officials have warned that the odds of impact could be dramatically altered as more observations of the newly discovered asteroid are collected and additional analysis is performed. Scientists say it takes several weeks of data to reduce the uncertainties and adequately predict their objects years into the future. They're getting very good, I think, at finding these different things, but they're not very good at their naming. I know there's a lot of them (laughs) out there, but I mean, if we have an asteroid or meteorite coming after us on St. Valentine's Day, it should be something in in, uh, the year 2047. Is that it? 46. 46. So let's go with something like Love Punch 46 or Love Potion 46. There you go. I mean, mean, we can be more creative than than DW. Well, they've got a few years to... Come up okay. with a name. since it's, I'm going to start yes. a, a new campaign. You should do that. <laughs> well, Clark County Green Neighbors is accepting application for host gardens in the 2023 
National Garden Tour. Now, the annual tour features gardens across the county that are maintained using earth-friendly techniques. Now, Clark County residents with urban and rural gardens of all sizes can apply to have their property included in the tour, which offers self-guided tours to the community. Now, properties considered for the tour must be maintained without the use of synthetic chemicals. Applications to be a host garden will be accepted online through March 31st. After the application period closes, Clark County Green Neighbors will schedule in-person site visits for further evaluation. And this year's National Garden Tour is 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday, July 16th. All right. You know apply? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing drive-by. If anything, it would be a drive-by. Look at my roses. There they are. That's it. In sports, another loss for the Portland Trailblazers, falling to the Los Angeles Clippers, 117-102 to last night at the Moda Center. Now, with the game game hanging in the balance, the Clippers outscored the Blazers 16-7 to in the final minutes to secure the win. It's Portland's sixth loss in a row. The team now sits in 13th place in the Western Conference, Blazers' record of 31-40 and 40 is good for the sixth-worst record in the NBA, with 11 games remaining in the regular season. Portland is at Utah Wednesday night before returning home for a five-game homestand. Just 11 games left in the regular season. <laughs> Their chances of making the playoffs are yeah. slowly fading. They didn't quite make the turn we were hoping to, yeah. kind of ending in this last quarter of the season. Now, there is, you know, there's not a lot of gap between, like, the 13th place team and the 8th place team. So they're still, yeah, it's still, they got to they gotta start winning games, though. Okay. That's the key. Is that, is that what it takes key. to win the big show? <laughs> yes, you got to win. win. You got to okay. win. I'll remember that. Yes. Well, today on this feast day of the wonderful St. Joseph, we are talking about Pope Francis and his reflection of St. Bro- as of St. Joseph to be the one to turn to when parents are in time of need. He says to parents, don't be scared. There is pain a lot, but think of the Lord and think about how St. Joseph solved the problems and ask St. Joseph to help you never condemn each other or your children Mm -hmm. for the trouble that they get through. He said, and reflecting on the dreams of St. Joseph. Now in the second dream, Joseph took took him away from Herod and his murderous rampage. The Holy Father said that when we turn to God in danger, we can find Joseph's courage. And he said, in life, we all experience dangers that threaten our existence or the existence of those we love. In these situations, Praying means listening to the voice that can give us the same courage as Joseph to face difficulties without succumbing. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up this Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. is weekly Eucharistic Adoration, Confession, and Praise and Worship at St. Rosa Valima Church here in Portland. Daniel Oberreiter leads prayer through praise and worship music with adoration and confessions are available. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. So we have an interview coming up with a really interesting author and yeah. an architect. An architect, an author, an artist. Artist, an artist. Yes, yeah. for sure. You don't want to miss it. If you have been using the Return series this Lent, well, you'll be very familiar with this artwork. All right. It's right after the forecast. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Day Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News & World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its Colleges of Arts and Sciences and its Schools of Business, Education, Engineering, and Nursing. Learn more at up.edu. This Lent, Mater Dei Radio is teaming up with Ave Maria Press for the dynamic program, Return. Join Father John Burns on the Hail Mary Media app as he guides you through prayer and meditation into a fuller experience of Easter's joy. And that's what I wanted to carry through the journal is the desire of God, not just that we would turn away from sin, that we'd come back, but that the return would be wholehearted. But the why for all of our Lenten practices really has to be for love, especially in view of a turning from sin and coming into communion with Jesus, who was in love with us and is trying to draw us into that divine embrace. Journey through Lent with the Hail Mary Media app. Download it now by searching Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to materdayradio.com for more details and prepare for the fullness of Easter's joy with Father John Burns and the Return Program on the Hail Mary Media app from Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 813 Mater Dei Radio. So what is the weather going to be like on this first day of springtime, you ask? What you would expect showers that's what <laughs> of we <course>. have <laughs> we'll have a high of 50 degrees today 60 percent chance of rain overnight tonight low of 38 and then tomorrow mostly sunny skies high of 61 nice i like that all right well currently it is 47 degrees at saint rose catholic church up in longview washington and 45 degrees at saint joseph church in salem well if recently you maybe picked up a copy of the advent book behold by Sister Miriam James Hyland, well, you would have noticed that incredible artwork that accompanied each chapter. Or maybe this Lent, you're reading and following the video series by Father John Burns. That one's called Return. And you would also see that same familiar artwork. Well, that artist is Josiah Henley. Josiah is a Catholic illustrator and designer 
and he's living right here in the Portland area. He's joining me this morning to share more about this wonderful gift that he shares in his books and also more available to all of us. Good morning, Josiah. Thank you so much for joining us on The Morning Blend. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, I must say that when I received copies ahead of both Sister Miriam's book and also Father Burns' book, we all noticed here in the station these incredible, beautiful pieces of art that were on the cover and that accompanied each page. And I think our listeners would be excited to know that you're right here from Portland. First, kind of tell us about yourself and your family. See, I've been living in the Pacific Northwest, Portland area for, oh shoot, probably about 27 years now. Um, <laughs> so for quite a while before that, um, I grew up in Bay Area, California, moved here when I was a child. Um, but yeah, um, you know, lived here for a while. Um, I am a Catholic convert, so converted um, from Protestantism in about, I think it was 2016, so I've been practicing Catholic since then. Um, but yeah, I got into, you know, always, always fascinated with um, art and design and wanted to do something with that, um, and then studied um, architecture in school, actually. Um, and so um, that is actually what I do full time. Um, so I'm a, I work in architecture here in Portland. Um, a lot of apartments, multifamily housing, all the new stuff that you see going up around town. Um, so that's a lot of fun. But I, I, it's you know I, there is kind of a it's it's an interesting part of my story. I think um, you know I uh, went to Portland State University and studied there for a while and, and really studied in. Um, uh, modern sort of the modern method of mm-hmm. art and design so really steeped in a lot of that theory and and then when i converted to catholicism um you know became really fascinated with some of the more ancient um art within um catholicism and so um wanted to sort of explore that you know it was kind of new for me you know um primarily familiar with a lot of modern stuff um and so i think that's kind of where the convergence um, happened um, in in the stuff that I do, um, my artwork. So really, a lot of it is an exploration for me, you know, using modern methods and tools to create artwork, um, but really looking at sort of more ancient stuff as inspiration and, and, you know, learning a lot from that, whether it's the position of the figures or the symbolism in it. Um, it's, it's really an exploration and something I find really interesting and fascinating. Well, Josiah, in the time that before you entered the church, did you ever find that you looked at art within the Catholic Church? Of course, I think many people would be familiar with the Sistine Chapel or, of course, all all of the beautiful Renaissance artwork that depicted faith. Did that even back then, you know, strike a chord with you? Or was that, you know, since you began your conversion, then did it open up this whole new world of art for you? Yeah, you know, I think I always found it really interesting and fascinating. Um, it was one of those things where I was sort of drawn to it, and I didn't know why, you know. Um, and, you know, the more you study it and look at it, um, you start to recognize the theology behind it. And so, um, yeah, so I think I was always drawn to it, but I didn't really understand it. I mean, I wouldn't say I fully understand all the aspects of it, but now I sort of understand, I, I have a a glimpse at the depth behind a lot of the, the artwork from the Renaissance um, or, you know, even before that, I think icons have always been really fascinating to me as well. And, the, you know, those are really theologically rich and, and interesting to look at. And I think, 
you know, after joining the Catholic Church, and you really start to understand the history of those and the meaning behind it, too. And that's that's the part I find really fascinating. Joining me today is Josiah Henley. He is an incredible artist living right here in Portland, Oregon, and you would have seen many of his beautiful pictures in books on Advent by Sister Miriam James Heidlin, and also now if you are doing Return This Lenten Season by Father John Burns. I'd love to explain, if you could, kind of your inspiration in drawing these things, because in looking at your online artwork, and we can see so much more if you just take a look at them, but you take very familiar, like, as I said, historic and Renaissance type of artwork of our Christ and the Virgin Mary and different saints, and then you really kind of bring them forward in a more, maybe perhaps modern eye. Kind of tell our listeners how you're inspired by looking at different images and then how you put that into now a a more current view of Catholic faith. So I think like what I was talking about before, um, you know, it's really the tools that I have um, at home are very digital based. They're modern. It's just sort of what I already had coming out of architecture school and and design. And um, I was already equipped to create art like that, but then becoming interested and fascinated in, in more um, older, ancient, historic art and looking at that as inspiration and trying to replicate that with the modern tools that I had just kind of, you know, it's almost almost by accident that this, the um, more experimental modern style that's influenced by the older artwork sort of happened. Um, and that's kind of the best way I can explain it. You know, it's, it's a oh. little bit, a little bit uh, unintentional, but then, um, but also uh, interesting, <laughs> I guess. You know, interesting is amazing because, yeah, just as a simple Google search, Josiah Henley artist, and your your images come up. Many people have talked about their own artwork, or even in uh, writing, they pray along with their artwork with their form do you find that when you are contemplating a new image and you begin that process do you kind of think in your mind about bringing that saint to you to to help you uh kind of serve as inspiration for well the holiness that you're about to put on the screen yes yeah definitely um there's always um you know i usually get an idea um sort of inspired to start doing some some artwork, whether it's around a certain theme or um, a saint. And, and there's usually a period of research, I think, um, that I do. And, and that does involve, you know, prayer and, and meditation and in my daily devotionals. And I sort of fold that in. Um, and I, I, I do believe that that really helps inspire the artwork. So, so yeah, for sure, definitely. Oh, And again, they're absolutely incredible. Now, I am looking at your Instagram page and and just looking at some of these things. And people actually have an opportunity to also look at your artwork and maybe bring some home. Tell us a little bit about how they can do that. Sure, yeah. Um, So I am on Instagram. I'm not very good at curating it or or keeping up on the marketing aspect of that. Um, (laughs) It's not a particular skill set of mine, but I do my best. and you can find that um, it's so the, the shop name is Heart of Jesus, and that's I 
S-E-S-V-S. So it's the Latin stylized version of Jesus. And so it's heart underscore of underscore Jesus. So that's how you find me on Instagram. And from there, there's a link that goes to my Etsy shop where you can buy um, prayer cards, uh, prints, and some other uh, fun stuff with my designs on it. So, yeah. Uh I encourage all of our listeners to go straight to your computer today and look these up. Again, it's incredible art by... Josiah Henley. Well, Josiah, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. And thank you for sharing this gift of your art with all of us to see. Yeah, thank you. So again, that is Josiah Henley. To make that much easier for you to find, I'm going to put a link to where you can get to Josiah's Instagram page and also where you're going to be able to find his Etsy store where you can actually purchase some of these materials for yourself. You're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 8.23 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. So, you know, I'm just hearing that interview and then thinking about all of our Lenten resources that we have up on our website. If you go to the main page, it's right there. It says Lenten Resources. Click on that. Give you all the information of the different, you know, prayers on our Hail Mary Media app. All of that. Lenten Resources. What are we? Fourth week of Lent now. That's so it. Two, just a couple yes. of weeks to go. Just two more. I think, uh, let's see, Palm Sunday's April 2nd, and then Easter right after that. We enter into Holy Week and then Easter. There you go. Again, we have all of the Lenten resources for you on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Many Christians are familiar with the story where the Pharisees bring a woman caught in adultery to Jesus and try to test him for charges against the law of Moses. Jesus had been showing all sorts of mercy that was unusual to them, eating with sinners and tax collectors, driving demons out of Gentiles, and even curing people on the Sabbath. They thought they could trap him, but Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground. We can assume he was writing out their sins. He then said, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And in response, they went away one by one. Jesus then said, Has no one condemned you? Then neither do I condemn you. But Jesus continues, Go and sin no more. It's fine for us to meet people where they are at with mercy, but we can't just leave them there. We must help them come to a place free of sin in their lives. This is Matt Maloney from knowthefaith.net. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. 
What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been. And you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Day Radio. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 827 at Mater Day Radio. Well, on this first day of spring, what's the future of weather looking like? Oh. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the news. And grab your purse and time to hit a new mall, the Vatican. I'm excited to shop there. I'll tell you what's in store coming up in three minutes. Here is the thirsting and alone. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It doesn't matter what the world thinks of you. It doesn't matter if they call you a fool. Because there's a reason for this song I sing. You're the one for whom my hands did bleed. And I could never leave. Sometimes you think you're on your own And you're wondering where did I go so wrong But there's a reason for this song I sing You're the one for whom my heart still beats And I could never leave you alone Your time has come and gone And if you feel like you just can't move on No matter what you do, I'll always search for you No matter what you do, I'll always search for you Like a
That is The Thirsting and Alone. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this hour, Pope Francis heard confessions at a parish in Rome on Friday and encouraged people to remember that God holds out his hand and lifts us up whenever we realize that we are hitting rock bottom. In the presence of Eucharistic adoration, the Pope resided over a Lenten penitential service on March 17th to open 24 Hours for the Lord, an initiative in which certain Catholic churches around the world will remain open 24 consecutive hours with round-the-clock confession and adoration. Pope Francis visited a parish located about one mile from his residence inside the Vatican City. And upon his arrival at the parish, the Pope kissed a small Marian icon from his wheelchair and gave a bouquet of flowers to Our Lady. He offered greetings and shook hands with many people inside the parish from his wheelchair. The Pope offered a homily on God's mercy before leading the parish in the Confidior Prayer. Pope Francis began the 24 Hours for the Lord initiative in 2014, one year before he announced the extraordinary jubilee of mercy. So think about this. <laughs> so you go into the confessional not knowing, and the Who's little there? the little slider opens up, and you look in there, and it's the Pope. It's the Pope. Because yeah. you know, even through the screen, you can see yeah, yeah. a little bit of, right, the, yeah. of the priest, or in this case, uh, the Pope yeah. uh, on the other side. Ooh, would that throw you off your game? It might be a yeah, little bit. That'd yeah. be hard to, to do. But then again, at the same time, uh, it'd be hard to leave once you got oh. started if you had the ear of the Pope there. It'd be amazing. <laughs> well, the Vatican has opened its very own shopping mall on March 16th, located immediately adjacent to St. Peter's Square. Now, the idea behind the new 120,000 square foot Caput Mundi Mall, that means capital of the world, is to appeal not only to the 4 million visitors who move through the Vatican every year, but also the 35 million tourists and pilgrims expected for the Jubilee year in 2025. The mall is located in a space associated with the last great Jubilee because it occupies the fifth and top floor of a massive parking garage that was built for the year 2000. Now, the space was previously devoted to a coffee bar and cafeteria for the busloads of tourists and pilgrims who arrive in the parking structure. Now, though it may seem ironic that the Vatican would be launching its own shopping mall under a pope whose stern critics of the excesses of capitalism, there are some very distinctive Pope Francis touches, including an emphasis on sustainability and solidarity. Now, among the 40 stores in the mall is one that sells bamboo products made with recycled plastics collected from the world's ocean. And another, well, they sell products made of regenerated scrap leather. Now, the mall is also designed with children in mind, featuring an ample play space, small robot puppies to welcome the children. And there are also various services linking the mall with the nearby papally sponsored Bambino Yezu Pediatric mm. Hospitals. And they also say that throughout, too, at many of the different stores, you also have the ability to round up or, or make donations to a vast number of oh, charities. That's nice. Also. Yeah. So you know what they'd have to have in that mall. And I I, <gasps> I wonder if they do. I, I kind of think they might. I I have no idea because I don't know what of the forty stores, I don't know what's in there. Yes. You would think yes. a good wine shop. Oh. Don't you think? For sure. Yeah. That 
Maybe a gelato store, too. Or a bakery. A bakery. Yeah. Oh, all of those sound excellent. We got to find out. We got to get the list of stores. Get the whole list of stores. It might be like a a Prada or a Gucci store, maybe, too, just in case. Just in case, yes. Well, after three consecutive years of an unusually stubborn weather pattern, La Nina has officially ended and El Nino is on the way, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in its latest report. Now, that could mean a less active Atlantic hurricane season, a more active season in the Pacific, and another spike in global temperatures, forecasters say. Now, El Nino is associated with a band of warm ocean water that forms in the central and eastern Pacific Ocean, which has consequences for weather patterns around the globe. So NOAA's Climate Prediction Center said neutral conditions are in place right now and are expected to last through early summer in the Northern Hemisphere for the first time since the initial La Nina advisory was issued in September 2020. The Prediction Center also wrote its forecast now favors El Nino forming during summer 2023 and persisting through the fall. So I think the El Nino pattern, we've been in La Nina, but the El Nino pattern is more like an active warmer wetter, oh, okay. not as cold, but warmer wetter patterns. Okay. At least for Pacific Northwest. All right. Well, we'll see how yeah. it affects the uh, upcoming summer yeah, season. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, Kroger, they're about to add another layer of automation to its customers' online grocery orders filled by robots at its its new $55 million fulfillment center in southern Dallas. California-based Gatlick is pitching its autonomous vehicle deliveries as a way for retailers to cut costs and save time in their concert effort to be in stock by using frequent deliveries from small self-driving trucks instead of big semi-trailers. Now, for Kroger, Gatlet will increase same-day pickup slots, delivery frequency, and allow for longer cutoff times for when customers can place online grocery orders. Completed online grocery orders will be transported to Kroger stores for customers to pick up or have delivered. So I guess it's for online people. You can place their orders. The online fulfillment place will gather it all up and get it over to the place where you you can oh. go over and pick it up. All so, right. okay, I I enjoy walking through. Yeah, I don't trust somebody else to be picking out my produce for me. Yeah. I want to pick it you out want, myself. You want to do it yourself for sure. Okay, and it get, helps me get all my steps in. Yeah, see there, yeah, there's that too. That's true. Well, if you are the owner of a Yeti cooler, a heads up: U.S. product regulators say that Yeti has recalled 1.9 million coolers and gear cases because magnets can become detached from them, posing a risk for serious injury or death. Consumer Product Safety Commission said consumers should immediately stop using the four recalled products and contact Yeti for refund information. The closures on the recalled products can fail, resulting in detached magnets. Now, the products being recalled are the Yeti Hopper M30 Soft Cooler, the Yeti Hopper M20 Soft Backpack Cooler, and the Yeti Sidekick Gear Case case dry gear case. Consumers should call Yeti toll free for exact specifications or go to Yeti's website. Well, Clark County Green Neighbors is accepting application for host gardens in the 2023 National Garden Tour. Oh, excuse me, 
The natural garden tour. No, yeah. it's just happening in Clark County. You yes. don't have to go very far. All right. And the annual tour features gardens across the county that are maintained using earth-friendly techniques. The Clark County residents with urban and rural gardens of all sizes can apply to have their property included in the tour, which offers self-guided tours to the community. Now, properties considered for the tour must be maintained without the use of synthetic chemicals. Now, applications to be a host garden will be accepted online through March 31st. Then after the application period closes, Clark County Green Neighbors will schedule in-person site visits for further evaluation. So this year's Natural Garden Tour is 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday, July 16th. Now you can also go to their website and get a tour booklet. And also it'll have a listing for you of all of the gardens that you'd be able to visit. I would like going around and looking to see what other people are able to grow. There's been a garden in our neighborhood, amazing garden that's been on the, like the Portland tour Uh before. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a spectacular garden. Vegetables or flowers? Uh, mo- mostly flowers. Mostly flowers. I think I think mostly flowers and shrubbery. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful area to walk through. I got to admit, I haven't done anything in the garden this year. No, nope, neither so have far. I. I need to get out. Probably we do some weeding. Yeah, okay. Yes, you can see some weeds and grass and things that need to be cleared out. So Scott got out this weekend and tried to get some of the moss up that's growing oh, yeah. on the cement. Mm-hmm. That'll, that'll do it. Uh, sports shocker last night in the women's NCAA basketball tournament. Mississippi upset top seed Stanford 54-49 to to reach the Sweet 16. Only four number one seeds had lost before the Sweet 16 since 1994 with Duke the last one in 2009. Now the Cardinal had reached 14 straight Sweet 16s and hadn't lost in the first or second round since 2007. In the men's tournament, third seed Gonzaga held on to beat six seed TCU 84-81. Bulldogs now advance to the Sweet 16 will face UCLA on Thursday. The Oregon men's basketball team beat UCF yesterday 68-54 in the NIT and will host Wisconsin tomorrow evening in the quarterfinals and in the WNIT, Oregon host Rice this evening. Pope Francis reflected on St. Joseph as a man of prayer and a deep spiritual life at a general audience last year, and this led him to consider the struggle of parents who face problems with their children. Children with many illnesses, children who are sick, even with permanent maladies, he says, how much pain there is. And parents who see their children not progressing in school and don't know how, well, there's so many troubles. Mm -hmm. He said, let's think about it, how to help them. And to these parents, he said, don't be scared. Think of St. Joseph to help you. Now, we talked about in the dreams how St. Joseph was able to overcome his obstacles Mm -hmm. for situations without a solution. Of course, in his first dream about taking Mary as his wife. Then it was taking the Holy Family after Jesus' birth because Herod was on a rampage trying to find the Savior. Now, in dreams number three and in four, it's in fear. In the third and fourth dreams of St. Joseph comes as he awaits the sign that he can return to his homeland. The gospel recounts that Jesus' father on earth experienced fear. But on the return journey, when he heard that Archelaus reigned over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And the Pope said that fear is a part of life, 
but we should let God guide us through it. And this is what else he says. Fear is also part of life and it too needs our prayer. God does not promise us that we will never have fear, but that with his help, it will not be the criterion for our decisions. Joseph experienced a fear, but God also guides him through it. And the power of prayer brings light into situations of darkness. Mm. Those are perfect examples. Do you have available there on your soundboard the Pope Tweet of the Day theme? Oh, well, you know what, David? Looking over here, I absolutely do. All right. Communication in the church has come a long way. First, monks had to transcribe the Bible by hand. Then came the Gutenberg Press. And now, there's Twitter. It's the Pope's Tweet of the Day. Here is Pope Francis' Tweet of the Day. Everyone can discover in St. Joseph a man who goes unnoticed, a man whose daily presence is discreet and hidden, an intercessor, a support, and a guide in difficult moments. Oh, I love that. that nice? Ah, thank you for pulling that up for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And uh, this is just such a wonderful article, and we turn to St. Joseph in our time of need. So we pray, St. Joseph, pray, pray for, for us. us. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. All right. If you are not busy Thursday or if you are, clear your calendar because on Thursday at 7 p.m. it is a Lenten mission with Deacon Harold Burt Sivers. It's happening at St. Mary's of Guadalupe Catholic Church up in Ridgefield. Deacon Harold will be giving a one-night mission in Ridgefield with the title Living a Eucharistic Faith. The big deal about mass and why it matters. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. All right. Well, we're talking a little March Madness there in sports, and uh, we'll delve into it a little bit more right after the forecast. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Through scripture, God wishes to speak these words to you today. I'm going to read it slowly so that you can meditate on every word. You are my beloved. You may not know me, but I know everything about you. You were made in my image and likeness. I knit you together in your mother's womb, and you are wonderfully made. I chose you from before the foundation of the world, and I delight in you. I know the plans I have for you, plans for goodness and not harm to give you a future and hope. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you. 
When you call on me, I will listen. And when you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. You will find love. We encourage you to schedule a specific time in your day for silence. Whatever you need to do, wherever you need to go, to give space to listen for the Lord. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is looking for a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, psychologist, or licensed clinical social worker who is passionate about their mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to info at holyfamilyclinic.com. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And it is 848 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we got showers in store for you today with a high of 50 degrees, about a 40% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 38. Tomorrow is the day. If you're, it's the day. Yeah, it looks like the big day, mostly sunny skies with a high of 61. You get back into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, showers return a little cooler too. But yeah, so if you're looking for a little sunshine, it looks like Tuesday is your day. All right. Well, currently it is 48 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it is 48 degrees at St. Joseph the Worker Church in Portland. It's good to the last drop. A second cup of the morning blend with David and Brenda. Well, David, first, if you missed the opening or last week at all, of course, you would know that David's back in the driver's seat here for the morning blend, coming back after a lovely time off and a visit to sunny Southern California, even though it still rained when you were there, too. (laughs) We had a little rain there. It's interesting, though, because I I didn't even think about this. They announced the teams for March Madness, both Mm -hmm. the men's and the women's tournaments, and this is the first time in a long time I didn't fill out a bracket. You did not? No. My wife asked me, she goes, did you do your bracket? Because we were traveling, I totally forgot. It's just oh. like, you know, I totally forgot about it. I didn't fill one out either this yeah. year. I'm really disappointed because my nephew didn't give me my final four teams. <laughs> He's the one that usually yes. helps me out. So that way I sound like I know what I'm talking about when we talk about what's happening. But we did talk about this a little bit last week with Patrick, our executive director. He was on for the show last week. It was right. a great week. We had a great time. We talked about it. Both he and I, and and he explained it to me a little bit, felt like there was a path forward for Gonzaga that the brackets kind of the way that they're they're kind of right aisle, I guess, kind of set them up to what they could they could maybe get there. Yeah, I think one of the reasons for that is the top seed in that side of the bracket, Purdue, Ow. was upset by a sixteen seed. <laughs> and that's only happened 
Twice. That was only the second time that's ever happened. That's why they call it madness. It is madness. Because, boy, any any game. That's right. You could be a championship team for one game. Any team can do it. So I thought we'd spend a little bit of time today and we'll talk about who's left as far as our Catholic universities are concerned in March Madness. Of course, we're already down to Sweet 16, which is amazing. Yeah, Thursday, so they start the Sweet 16 games. Yep, and so, and speaking of Thursday, you've been talking about one of the local Pacific Northwest Catholic universities that's in Sweet 16, that is? Gonzaga, the Bulldogs play, this will be a good one, they play UCLA. So, of course, uh, UCLA, one of the all-time great teams ever. Mm Mm-hmm. So that'll be a fun contest. Now, Gonzaga, they are a number three seed. Yep. The Bruins? Two, I believe. Two seed. Yeah. Yep, and they're coming up on Thursday for their game. So I'll be watching that one. We'll see, yeah. you know, again, how, how that goes. Any idea of the remaining two? You asked me this question, and I had to think hard because, again, I just, I've just been gone, so I haven't followed it that closely. I want to say Xavier. Xavier is one of them. Okay, that is one of them. All right, so they are a numbers three seed. Who do they play in the Sweet 16? They are playing Texas. Oh, okay. All right, so that'll be an interesting one. We'll see how that heads out. Uh, Any memory as to who Xavier's... I said Xavier. It's Xavier. It's Xavier, yes. Xavier, their their team name is. Who are they? Oh, boy, that is a good question. I, I, I didn't know this at one time. Is it an animal? No, it is not an an animal. It's not an animal. Okay, is it a, well. uh, It's a musketeer. It's a musketeer, Xavier Musketeers. Okay. Yeah, they are the Xavier Musketeers. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I wouldn't have guessed them either, huh? No, I didn't know that. Okay, so uh, again, yeah, they're playing Texas. They're number, Texas number two also. Yeah. So isn't that interesting? Those two Catholic universities at number three are playing number two teams. Number two, okay. All right. So the third one. Yeah. And you had to think again. Did you come up with an answer of who I, the third boy, might be? I didn't because my standard, you know, would be like Villanova, but they're not even in it. They didn't even they make didn't it. They didn't even make it this year. St. Joseph. Nope. They're not in it. That's Sister Jean, right? St. Joseph. That's right. Loyola. Yeah. They didn't. No, Sister Jean since she at Loyola. Is it St. Loyola's? Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking of it a different Chicago. one. Chicago. Loyola, Chicago. Right. St. Joseph not in it either, No, nor was Loyola, Chicago. I, you know what? I do not know. All right. And and you're going to go, of course, as soon as I say this, Creighton. Creighton. Wow. Creighton's in. Okay. What are the, what's what's their seed? So they are a number six seed. Huh. Do you remember what, uh, what their mascot is or their team name? I don't. You don't remember? I don't remember. They are also Blue Jays. Oh, okay. Not to be, you know, outdone because, of course, Kansas, the big, I mean, everybody knows about Kansas. They Mm -hmm. went out early, too. It was incredible. Wow. Uh, They are playing Princeton. Oh, okay. Princeton is incredible that they made it to the Sweet 16 that will be following them. They're a number 15 seed. Yeah, that's right. I saw that they had upset. Uh, I'm trying to recall who they beat in uh-huh. the opening round, but yeah. All right, that'll be a good one. So that overall. Now, I did do a quick check of like the initial uh, brackets, and there weren't as many, I think, in years past. Mm-hmm. St. Mary's oh, yeah. uh, was one. West now, Coast they, Conference. Yep, and they lost to UConn mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend, so they didn't get there. And what was the other one here that we said it's on the other side here? I looked it up. It is Providence. Oh, okay. Providence yeah. was in, and they lost first round yeah. to Kentucky. Okay. 
So that's incredible. Uh, and Marquette, that was the other one. So that gotcha. was that was the uh, sixth. So I have the sixth team. Marquette, uh, they lost to, oh no, they beat Vermont and then lost to Michigan. Right. So that'll be, that was a tough, uh, tough one. So. Hey, you know, speaking of tournament too, I want to get, before we end it here, give a shout out to the University of Portland women's team who made it to the women's tournament. They oh. lost in the opening round to Oklahoma, but still what a great season for well, them. Oh, we just have great things ahead for them again. And for those seniors yeah. who are moving on, we'll be following them too. So uh, yeah, so March Madness all around. What a fun tournament so far it's been. It's those upsets. I think it was, uh, let's see, who was that 16th seed that beat? Uh, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson over uh, Fairlane Purdue. Dickinson. That's right. Yeah. I mean, every, I think everybody's yeah, bracket was blown then. That, that, yeah. <laughs> so, well, enjoy, as we said, coming up Thursday, Gonzaga's playing, and on Friday, Creighton and Xavier are also playing. So, We'll come back next Monday, and uh, we'll give you an update on uh, who's left over All the right. weekend. We hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Mater Dei Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Dei Radio. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. Hey, last look at your forecast on this first day of spring. Showers today will have a high of right around 50 degrees. Low tonight, 38, chance of showers, and then mostly sunny for Tuesday, high of 61. It is currently 48 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Unspoken and Start a Fire. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. This world can be cold and bitter It feels like we're in the dead of winter Waiting on something better But am I really gonna hide forever Over and over again I hear your voice in my head Let your light shine, let your light shine For all to see Start a fire in my soul Fan the flame and make it grow
That is Unspoken and Start a Fire. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Ah, and that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. It is a Monday. That means the wonderful Deacon Harold Brooks-Siversen can coming up with Living Stones. We hope you have a blessed day.